Senate and the U.S. Marshals. Took 15 minutes, it was over. 15 minutes, it was over. We got him. They knew who he was. They didn't want to arrest him. 15 minutes had ended. Anyway, but and they called themselves peaceful protesters. We sent in the U.S. Marshals. Took 15 minutes, it was so much for joining me on this lovely day inside of the crumbling castle i am your host of talks news your only source inside that very castle brought to you by king gizzard and the lizard wizard off their album polygon awana land always got to give them the shouts out uh it's been a minute i think it's been since the last presidential debates which were about two weeks ago since i did this since i did the old pod i uh I uh, skipped out on the vice president debate just because I watched it with some roomies and decided, well, that's pretty boring. It's just politicians being politicians, you know, very uh, partisan hackery. And, uh, you know, I have a now coming back with yet another extended episode, basically, because we're going to go over both the Trump town hall and the Biden town hall. And I am initiating the live stream now on Twitch in case people want to interact. If not, then fuck it. Um, So again, this is probably going to be broken up into maybe three or four parts, just like the debate episode, since we have about two hours of content here, since both of them decided to have an hour each on separate uh, TV broadcasts at the same damn time. So live stream is being initiated, launch. It's going to make it a little bit easier for me to upload it onto YouTube. Uh, the thing is, is that it won't have any intro music or any of the nice sleek stuff that I can give to the podcast. So, yes, sir Yes, er um, it says now that we are live on Twitch, so I uh, want to just say what up to Twitch and YouTube. This is the Talks News Podcast, the only source inside the crumbling castle. We are brought to you today by King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, but also uh, the Town Hall Trump. The Town Hall Trump. Uh, that's the first one we're going to start with because I know um, after watching the first 15 minutes and that being all that I've watched... It's more likely to be the more interesting of the two. So, uh, why delay any longer and just get into the shits? Hey, 
Hi, everybody, and good evening. It's good to have you with us, and welcome to Miami and our town hall with President Donald Trump. And we want to say right off the top, this is not how things were supposed to go tonight. This was supposed to be a town hall debate between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. But after the president contracted COVID, the debate commission announced it would have to be a virtual debate because of health concerns. The president then said he would not participate in a virtual debate. At that point, Joe Biden scheduled a town hall tonight in Pennsylvania on another network, and now the president is doing the same, his own town hall with the same venue format and time as NBC's town hall with Joe Biden last week. So the two candidates go head to head tonight, though not face to face, each in a key battleground state. And tonight the president will be taking questions from voters here in Miami. I think what's important to notice here is that she did say that they're going head to head because they're having their town hall simultaneously. And this is probably exactly how Trump wanted it, which was like more of a ratings battle than an actual battle of um, policy ideals stuff like that something more important than actual ratings but maybe not to american corporations or the president so but we should mention our socially distanced and they're wearing masks and and i should say this audience looks a bit like america it's divided some here voted for the president in 2016 and plan to again some support joe biden and some say they are truly undecided we're going to get a mix of questions on a range of topics and we're going to get to those questions in a moment but first with all that ado welcome mr president and thank you for being that here was very well stated i have to say Good. So just a quick addendum here is that I have heard a bit of hot takes here and there from people. I have only seen a few clips, but for the most part, I am going in this totally cold. So um, if, you know, if you've already heard and seen everything about this debate, or not debate, this, these two separate town halls, and you're just not interested in talking about them any further, that's fine. Dip out, dip set. Um, let's see. Go check out Open Mike Eagle's new album, Anime, Trauma, and Divorce great album otherwise um oh and also don't feed the monsters by uh homeboy sandman another great hip-hop album but uh for the most part thank you for joining me and uh we're gonna just get right into it i'm also gonna get my notebook maybe take some notes here all right Oof. there's a couple of books i haven't gotten yet so yeah, it's just we're going to go right into it. I know um, I'm late to the game, but to be perfectly honest, I think sometimes letting hype and the zeitgeist kind of simmer down on these kinds of uh, trend trains and then getting a, a bit more lackadaisical perspective, a bit more relaxed, nonchalant look at the president's uh, in the in the candidates, I think uh, I think that can do a, a bit of wellness on your self care. So uh, I'm coming in with a little bit of knowledge of some things that some people had said on like Twitter, a little bit of Reddit, a little bit of uh, like articles. But for the most part, haven't even seen these yet. So we're gonna start with Trump. I'm sure it's gonna be a, a mess, um, but fuck it. Good job. Thank you. We're glad you're here. We're glad you're well. We send our best to the First Lady and Thank to you. Barron. Thank you. Do you have any remaining symptoms from COVID? Nothing whatsoever. I'm great. I feel good. I uh, was in North Carolina today and did a big uh, rally with tremendous turnout. And I uh, just feel really good. Florida, Pennsylvania. Interesting. This video I have seems to. Have I said that's okay. Style. I'm going to, re, you know, respond to what you say. All right. So that was strange. The one that I had picked had a little bit of technical difficulties. So 
Uh, we missed uh, about like 30 seconds of info there. And we went over to Walter Reed, where you have tremendous professionals. Uh, they gave me Regeneron and Remdesivir both. And I just, all I know is I felt good the following day. I felt really good. Did the doctors ever tell you that they saw pneumonia on your lung scans? No, but they said the lungs are, you know, a little bit different, a little bit uh, perhaps infected. And uh, Infected with? I don't know. I mean, I didn't do too much asking. I, I really felt good. I didn't have... Why would he even say that? Why would he say, oh, they said my lungs were a bit infected? And then say, oh, I didn't ask too much. Because, like, I feel like everybody in that room was just like, what does that mean? And that that just kind of, like, honestly just is the perfect image sim symbolism of Trump's presidency there. Is that uh, uh, I'm infected. Just there's not too much information about it, though. I know there's just not too much information about it, though. The president that we have now is more vague than any other politician that we've had in our history, and he's lied more often than most of our politicians in history. So it's fascinating that he can kind of slide away from, like, saying, my lungs are infected. With what, Mr. President? Ah, uh, I didn't ask. Much of a problem with the lungs. I did have a little bit of a temperature. Obviously, I felt there was something missing. And then I tested, you know, I tested positive. Well, let's talk about testing because sure. there's a little bit of a, I guess, confusion about this. And I think we can clear it yeah, up. And there shouldn't your, be. Your first positive test was Thursday, October 1st. Okay. Mm. When was your last negative test? When did you last remember having a negative test? Well, I test quite a bit. And I can tell you that before the debate, which I thought it was a very good debate, and I felt fantastically. I, I was, I had no problem before. Did you test the day afterwards. of the debate? I don't know. I don't even remember. I test all the time. But I, I can tell you this. Uh, after the... Um, perspectively, from Trump's left shoulder being actually the right shoulder, the woman with the pink uh, face mask, she had a noticeable reaction to Trump saying, I don't know if I was tested that day. Now we do know from reports that Trump was too er, uh, too late to uh, take the rapid test that they had there on site. Uh, so uh, we can easily take that as a no. And you know, if anybody can answer this directly, uh, then it's the, you know, the lie is worse than the truth, but misdirection, not so much apparently. Debate, like I guess a day or so, I think it was Thursday evening, maybe even late Thursday evening, uh, I tested positive. That's when I first found out well, about it. Well, back to the debate, because the debate commission's rules, it was the honor system, would yeah. be that you would come with a negative test. You say you don't know if you got a test on the day of the debate? I have no problem. Again, the doctors do it. I don't ask them. I, I test all the time. and they, Did you take a test, though, you, on the day you, of the you debate? You know, if you ask the doctor, they'll give you a perfect answer. Yeah. But they take a test, and I leave, and I go about <laughs> so my you, business. So did you take a test on the day of the debate, I guess? Uh, if you ask a doctor, uh, they'll give you a perfect answer. The Me, being not a doctor, can't give you uh, a very good answer. The I probably line. did, and I took a test the day before and the day before, and I was always in great shape. And I, I don't know if he actually answers these things because it is like a rating battle town hall. Like, they're trying to see who can get the most views. Um, if he's, like, actually kind of just being as ridiculous as he usually is, if not a little tiny tinge more, because COVID has always been his worst issue. 
um, if that has like actually anything to do with him trying to drive in ratings, because I feel like after, you know, most moderates and then also kind of Joe Biden voters come in to see, okay, maybe I'm going to give the president just a little bit of time to see how he reacts. We're five minutes in, barely five or four minutes and 38 seconds in, and he can't answer this question directly. How many of them are like, you know what? Fuck it. Never mind. This is fucking annoying. I was in great shape for the debate, and it was only after the debate, like a period of time after the debate, that I said, that's interesting, and they took a test, and it tested positive. So just to button it up, do you take... So he takes tests all the time, but then they didn't really notice that he had COVID until he started feeling symptoms. Uh, sounds like a bit of an issue there with the testing, if it's either really inconsistent or it's not as... Um, often as the president has been leading us to believe. Take a test every single day? No, no, but I take a lot of tests. Okay, and you don't know if you took a test the day of the debate? Uh, uh, he takes a lot of tests, but why can't he say specifically how many and how often? It's, it's actually pretty easy to do that. Possibly I did, possibly I didn't, but you know the doctor is very accurate information, and it's not only that doctor, it's many doctors. The one thing, as you're, if you're president, you have a lot of doctors you're surrounded by. Uh, but I was in great shape for the debate, and sometime after the debate, I tested positive. Eric, if, if there's an issue here, all right, go to my DMs on Twitter, at AzaWave, A-Z-A-W-A-V, and send me a direct message if this is a problem for you. But I'm going to increase the audio here, the playback speed, just a little bit because it is uh, an hour long and I don't want to be wasting everybody's time. So I'm going to bring it, I'm going to bump it up to about a time and a half and we're going to run through it like that. Probably both of them, just to make sure that we can get. You know, good, concise, and not waste any motherfucking time. Because like the amount of time he, we're, we're spending on him misdirecting these answers, it's already 11 minutes in my stream. Five minutes on the, on the, uh, what is this? On the, on the, on the town hall. Uh, so I just want to bring it up, speed it up a little bit. If there's an issue, please hit me in my direct messages at as a wave. If you're not on Twitter, um, I unfortunately don't really know how to hear from you yet because most of you all are listening on podcast streams that I, 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 I get no info from, you know? So for now, we're just going to have to roll with this. Let's get it. I have no other way for you guys to get in touch with me. If this is an issue, please uh, get to my, uh, what's it called, my Twitter handle and let me know that this was an issue. Otherwise, I'm going to take a chance here, okay? I, I thank you for joining me yet again, and I love you so much. Just know that. I, I do this because somebody has to consume all this toxicity with you. All right? So we're going to go at a time and a half. It may sound a little jarring, but we're getting it. Let's talk about... That's when they decided to let's go. Okay, good. I, I hopefully provided some... All right. One and a half was too much. So let's try 1.25. for folks. Let's talk about the event that was held at the White House on the Saturday before you tested positive. Yeah. Subsequent to that, 13 people connected to that event tested positive. There was an outdoor reception. You've seen the pictures. There was an indoor reception. People yeah. were not wearing masks. My question to you is, at this point... In They're showing here uh, an actual picture of that day when uh, possible infection uh, had happened. You have Trump speaking to Melania. On the other side is... Maureen, 
Uh, Maureen Scalia is just next to Senator Tom Tillis. Uh, we got Senator Josh Hawley of Missouri. I don't know if he's tested positive. Amy Comey Barrett so far has not tested positive, but she is on the other side of Trump. Trump in this picture not looking too well. Um, but, uh, yeah, they're showing a bit of a picture of people who were in the room alongside with uh, Trump on his possible day of infecting a lot of people. In the pandemic, what knowing what we Rose know. Garden massacre. Shouldn't you have known better? Shouldn't the White House know better? Chris Christie, this is showing another picture of Chris Christie. Uh, Pat A. Cipollone, a White House counsel. I like how they point out this is Donald Trump again. Uh, I guess the P might mean like currently infected. Maybe Ben Sass. I don't know if Ben Sass actually, because they're pointing out Ben Sass, but I don't think Ben Sass has COVID. Let's see here. No. All right. But he has been recently. Um, he is kind of a he is kind of a critic of Trump. Nebraskan Senator Ben Sass, that's interesting. All right, get back to it. Than to hold an event like that? Well, they do a lot of testing in the White House. They test everybody, including me, but they test everybody. And something happened. But as far as the mask is concerned, I'm good with masks. I'm okay with masks. I tell people wear masks. But just the other day, they came out with a statement that 85% of the people that wear masks catch it. Well, so, you know, this is a very that. I know that study. That's, that's, that's what I heard, and that's what I saw. And regarding. So, I like how they're. Just there, she did try to push back a little bit. Like, I know that study, that study's not... And Trump interrupts her quickly and said, well, I saw the study and I believe it. So, um, we're, we're dealing with a president that is always going to look for information that benefits him more than, uh, you know, um, anybody else, really, if, even if it's the common good. And that's, the, you know, the Ben Shapiro um, approach to facts not caring about your feelings because you put your feelings ahead of what you want to look for in facts. Regardless, but everybody's tested, and they're tested often. And I also knew that, hey, I'm president. I have to see people. I can't be in a basement. I can't be in a room. I can't be... I have to be out. You can see and people I also, with... Which is, which is also pretty bullshit, because, like, with today's technology, and, like, presidents have been doing a ton of shit over phone calls all the time, right? So it's, it's, it's pretty nonsense in the... 21st century to say that you have to be everywhere in person as president when you don't there's a song by uh milo now known as rap ferrera bus driver and uh featuring what's his name anderson pack called uh worlds to run and it's literally about how you can be an artist uh from anywhere thanks to the internet and i think with the president having the channels that he does and the access to technology that he does that uh he doesn't have to be everywhere all the time and it's such a bullshit argument and it's one of those things where it's like i have to be a tough guy i have to be out there and show people that i'm doing great and that i am their great leader and uh yeah it's cult of personality technique to say i was a very strong man and COVID could not defeat me and keep me away from all the personal things that I had to do, even at the expense of the people around me. Mask, though, right? I can, but people with masks are catching it all the time. I mean, if you look at the governor of Virginia, he was... So the thing is that also, too, that they even studied this back in the Spanish flu days, 
back in 1918 is that yes people were getting infected with masks but it was usually due to the fact that they either had miswore in their masks had uh, masks with their like holes in them like they got ruined you know over time or people weren't washing them properly or maybe even not wearing them properly there's always this thing about making sure you have it over your nose and a lot of people uh, may or may not have it slip or just don't put it over their nose. So, you know, he's kind of true in the fact that people with masks have caught COVID. And it's also true that people with masks also caught the Spanish flu. But the thing is, is that it is actually the most proven way when dealing in public situations to shorten the spread, not infect as many people if you can, if you have it. Um, Trump so far has not cared about that at all. So known for a mask. If you look at Tom Tillis, a great guy, he always had a mask and they caught it. Well, there are pictures of Tom Tillis actually with one of um, Judge Barrett's kids not wearing a mask. But, you know, Chris Christie. And that was the picture that they had shown earlier with Trump in the room with everybody. And I like it. NBC, she's pushing back on him a little bit, but she's not allowing every lie to pass. And maybe that's why you should have just had the debate, Trump, because nobody would have had to refute you besides the uh, the the uh, old man who is running against you, who has a pretty bad time at pushing back, to be perfectly honest. But um, uh, this NBC News host is just on fucking point. Um, I unfortunately don't know her name, and it was at the beginning. Oh boy, I wasn't paying attention. I'm so sorry, Savannah Guthrie. I apologize if I'm saying that wrong, but Savannah Guthrie is holding that ass to the fire. He was part of your debate prep. Yeah. He was, I believe, at that event. He came out tonight. He was sick, very sick. He was in the hospital for about a week. Yes, I know he that. came out tonight and said, I was wrong not to wear a mask. Well, I mean, he has to say that. I think it's great. He's a friend of mine. He's a good guy. And uh, wrong or not wrong. You have to understand. <laughs> he has to say that. But Trump, how come you don't have to say it? As president, I can't be locked in a room someplace for the next year and just stay and do nothing. And every time I go into... But you could. You, you really could because you have the opportunities to do that. It's not like you actually have to show up somewhere and pull a lever in order for democracy to flow into the country. To a crowd, uh, I was with uh, the parents of our fallen heroes. These people are the most incredible people. And they came up to me and they would hug me and they would touch me. And I'm not going to not let them do it. Now, to there be was an event with the Gold Star family exactly the right. day after the Supreme a Court event. A Gold Star event with the most incredible people you've ever seen. And I could have chosen not to talk to him or to keep everybody away. And you know, Or you could have done it by phone. You know what? As, and I don't think that's probably where it was caught, but maybe it well, was. Well, I was going to say, you bring it up. You brought it up yourself. I mean, are you trying to suggest that? Do you believe a grieving military family gave you COVID? No, I don't know where it came from. Okay. And you don't know where it came from. And the doctors don't know where it came from. Mm -hmm. But as the president, I have to be out there. I also know... Well, there's no one that says you can't be out there, but it's just about wearing masks and having... For example, your but rallies. I know this. Your rallies as don't require example, masks. No, no. I mean, let's see Kamala. She's got people now that people have it. And I'm not blaming her. I'm not saying, oh, she did a terrible thing. As president, I have to be out there. I can't be... I haven't heard anything about Kamala's campaign having it. In a basement. I can't be locked in a very beautiful room someplace in the White House. And I want to see the Gold Star families, and I want to see everybody. And I also say to people all the time, it's risky doing it. It is risky doing but it. But as it's president, risky you, you're, you're right. You, don't want to, you want to be a leader. But you also are a leader and a setter of an example. And if you're not wearing a mask when your administration is saying best practice right now is wear a mask, no, it's not foolproof. But many but that people... Will She's really pushing back on him pretty hard. <laughs> I like it. Catching it. Many people are getting this disease that was sent to us by China and it shouldn't have been allowed to happen. But many people are getting this. And I mean, nobody. 
that's it and like also i just got to point out because it's you know it's probably been said enough but it's just like you can't blame a country for a pathogen like these things are going to continue to evolve and continue attempt to take our lives this is something that will continue to happen endlessly there's always going to be a new strain of virus that will try to kill us if there is a mutation in ebola i can't imagine how fucked we are Nobody's being blamed. Everybody is working hard to get this thing out of our country, get it out of the world. Look at what's going on in Europe. Massive spikes. They've done a very good job. But now you take a look today at the UK. You take a look at Spain and France and Italy. There's tremendous spikes. But our death rate is worse than, well, not Spain, but those well, other I have, countries. I have things right here that will tell you exactly the opposite. Me too. So the UK is up 2,500 percent, because I knew you'd be doing this. I know you very well. The UK is up 2,500 percent. The EU is up 722 percent, and the United States is down 21 percent. But we have per, our deaths per capita is among the highest. Excess Are we talking about infection rate? Because, like, of course, as the lockdowns have gone down, you're going to get higher infections rate. And the way that we've had lockdowns in this country is very sporadic and all over the place. And it seems like right now, at this point, it seems to be kind of ravaging more rural areas and outside of metropolitan areas a bit more. So we're starting to see like slower spikes but it could it could hit pretty hard come november december and then we'll have to reshut down again excess mortality we're a winner i don't know what the fuck excess mortality means that we're a winner because we still have the most deaths out of everybody i didn't like it's you just can't say excess mortality we've done better when literally we've had more people just die from the virus at, at this point we've had what is it, like 200 9-11s in a year? That's the amount of deaths? So I feel like if it was an actual terrorist attack, something that China had done intentionally, there would be serious payment to be, to be uh, uh, what Trump would call uh, retributed or whatever. But the thing is, though, is that we're not really... Th there is a good amount of people holding him accountable that the buck stops at Trump not handling the virus correctly, leading to these 200,000 deaths. Trump is not allowing the buck to stop at him. He lets it shoot past him at a mannequin painted with China written on top of it. It's ridiculous. On the excess mortality. And what we've done has been amazing. And we have done an amazing job. And it's rounding the corner. And we have the vaccines coming. And we have the therapies coming. What is and rounding I'll tell you what, the corner? One thing, when I got it, I had a choice do nothing or use some of the things that we're looking at, like in this case, Regeneron. Yeah. And Eli Lilly makes something that's supposed to be incredible. And I think that maybe I wouldn't be doing this discussion with you right now. We have. I just wish you would kind of bring up, like, you know, that your medical uh, bill was about $100,000 that was paid by the American taxpayer. Um, do you believe that Americans should be able to get that same access to avoid 200,000 fucking deaths? Let's see here. Let's see here. Since I got people looking at some Twitch and some people looking at the YouTube, let's go right here. COVID US update. Hashtag motherfucker. All right. Do 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 do. And as you you could look at this graph here, is that we had a huge spike into like the twenty thousand between twenty thousand and forty thousand infections, uh, in these months. And now we're in the summertime, and it went way up. The highest, July 16th at 75,000, and we've plateaued from there. Little dips here and there, but we're starting to see about the same increase coming in October, and we could see it in November. Now, the number it is at right now in the United States reported 
219,000. The unfortunate thing is that projections are looking at 400,000. 400,000 by the end of the year in America. The New York Times just posted two hours ago that the U.S. records 70,000 new cases in a day for the first time since July. Yup. So that number hasn't been added to that CDC graph yet, but the New York Times is already reporting it. I don't know if a president can face, uh, I don't know, justice for this kind of handling of a pandemic, but him and his administration and their herd, uh, herd immunity mentality has gotten countless people killed on top of the fact that we have a healthcare system that benefits on profits and not actual health. So let's let that sink in while I go back to the town hall. Have therapies now and cures maybe you can use the word cure but we have therapies that are absolutely incredible i want to pick up on something you just said you said we're rounding the corner i believe now, we're rounding the corner now 10 percent of the country approximately has had covid that means 80 90 percent 90 percent let's do the math is, is still vulnerable right right there's right. been some talk including from the white house lately that perhaps it approves of what's called herd immunity that's where you basically just let young people and everybody get sick you try to protect the old people and those who are sick and hopefully it gets up to a certain level and yeah. now we're all immune yeah. so let's just be clear about it it also means more deaths. Do you support herd immunity as a strategy? Essentially just let so, people get sick. The cure cannot be worse than the problem itself. <laughs> we did the right thing. We were expected to lose 2,200,000 people and maybe more than that. We're at 210,000 people. One person is too much. It should have never happened because of China. <laughs> Blaming China for a, uh, an actual cause of nature. Um, you know, when we look at global warming, I wonder how we're going to spin it, like, because we've uh, done so much to not move towards uh, carbon neutrality right now. So is China going to blame us for global warming and the catastrophes that are to follow afterwards? Who knows? Would it be justified? Probably not, because everybody's contributing to it. But that's essentially what Trump's doing here is he is blaming a country for a force of nature. Um, Trump says that it never should have left China, and yet it's spread so hard throughout America. How is it not going to go through and leave China or spread throughout China if Trump can't stop it? That's just, it's so, it's a, it's a, it's, it's very dodgy. And it allows him to escape by othering others, but it's a weak argument, in my opinion. It happened because of China, and you have to get that and understand that. But it shouldn't have happened. But we were expected to lose. If you look at the original charts from original doctors who are respected by everybody, 2,200,000 people. That 2 million figure, though, is if you literally did nothing. The 2 million figure is if you did absolutely nothing, it would be 2 million. The question is, should the deaths be better than 200,000 when relative to the rest of the world we have a worse death rate? I left North Carolina, which I love. I left Pennsylvania. We won a big case in Michigan because that governor has a lockdown where nobody but her husband can do anything. He can go voting and do whatever he wants, but nobody else can. The fact is, we're winning all these cases because it's unconstitutional what they're doing. And I... 
see, even after the governor of Michigan almost is kidnapped and the FBI steps in to stop a terrorist attack, Trump throws her under the bus yet again for being a tyrant, in his, in his own words. So, uh, great. This is, yep, healthy democracy. Um, and it's a great way to not really answer the question. To be like, uh, well, we're winning all these cases in Pennsylvania and Michigan, and you know, it's 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 just so deadly for him to not have to answer for coronavirus because it is literally the issue that has led to so many dead Americans that it is his fault. On top of the fact that there are eight million Americans that fell into poverty as well, and his Senate has done the bare minimum for the working class. So. Um, Yes. I think they're doing it for political reasons, but the fact is the cure, you can't, you can't let this continue to go on with the lockdowns. Well, most and I believe states, that on November yeah. 4th, you can have a lockdown. We don't have any evidence that lockdowns are actually killing more Americans than uh, COVID-19. And like I had said earlier, the Senate didn't allow the $600 unemployment benefit to continue. They cut it and Trump had to implement an executive order to have $400, but the states had to opt into it. So his administration and his senate which he technically leads since it's gop have done little to nothing like i said if bare minimum to actually help working class americans and that's why you see so many deaths and that's why you see so much poverty with eight million joining the poverty line you have to wonder how many people's lives will be lost from just that so everything trump has done in handling the coronavirus horrible Horrible, and that's why it's it's so bad that he cut corporate tax rates so hard back in 2017 to cut government revenue at a time when we would need the government the most, when it needs to actually look after the American people. And I'm gonna let my power level show here right now is that we should have had Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders may or may not have been able to get everything done with a Stonewall Senate, but good God, would it have been a nice change of pace to have a president that actually understands the issues of what the government is, which is a big hand lawyer for corporations and rich people, which Trump is proudly being the figurehead of, rather than the representation of the American people as a whole. Because the ones who are truly suffering the most are small businesses, uh, some middle class, and mostly the working class, and the ones below that. So. A lot of these governors, look at what's happening to New York. New York is a mess. They lost almost 40,000 people. They have a lockdown like you've never seen. Now they're open. It's like a ghost town. Let's go. So, he's, uh, New York had a very hard time at the beginning of it. This is true. 40,000 deaths currently, right? Then we go to Florida, who has been open for weeks now. 15,000 deaths. That's such bullshit. That's got to be some bullshit, Florida. It's three days ago they had 3,356 new cases and 141 deaths. Florida adds 2,539 cases. It seems like every day they're adding thousands of cases to their board. They have 750,000 out of our 8 million added 4,000 yesterday 
87 deaths. Interesting. New York had a pretty rough time at the beginning, but if you look at where they're at today, it is a much different picture than Florida. You can even get a picture of the graphs. He said 40,000 deaths, didn't he? Well, the cases reported here is 23, and that's only 7,000. Yeah, it's about 7,000 more than Florida, who looks like they could beat it, especially since their economy is full open with uh, absolutely no requirements whatsoever. Oh, let's see here. I'm going to go to Wisconsin info real quick. Wisconsin has a graph similar to... Um, Florida's is that it starts really low as the pandemic starts and then starts shooting up later on. Um, they only have about a thousand deaths. Yeah, but they're reporting zero and zero. They had a rally yesterday. Oh man, it's a it's a different situation out in Wisconsin then because they didn't even report any new cases or deaths yesterday. But most of the time, when they're talking about a lot of this stuff, it has to deal with um, uh, it's a Democratic Party for the Wisconsin governor, too. Interesting. Um, and there's a lot more info to look up on a lot of this. But the thing is, is that they usually, the ones that have a higher population density, especially in uh, metropolitan cities, then you're going to see far more cases and also uh, deaths because there's... Uh, there's also a bit of like, uh, you, you got to take into account of everybody who has in those areas the um, what it, vulnerabilities to be added to the death count. So, people, and, and so that is very important. People are leaving New York by the thousand. Oh, yeah. Actually, there's a perfect graph here that shows. There's a perfect graph here that actually shows the, the deaths as they operated. Or was it infections? Let's see here. Let me scroll down. Do, 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 do. Scrolling. Down, 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 down. My motherfucking timeline. Ooh. Gotta be scrolling down my motherfucking timeline. Interesting. Interesting, interesting. I had it on here, didn't I? I retweeted it. September 12th. Yeah, it couldn't have been that far back. I retweeted it. Going down, going down, going down. Going down, going down, going down, going down. There it is. There it is. So a video came out showing uh, the coronavirus cases, and it even showed it, uh, and I'm playing it now on the video if you want to actually watch it. Um, it says a flourish bar chart race, and it's showing the coronavirus cases 
as they increase. Arizona seems to be the one with the most as of July 2nd. It's a timeline that increases. <laughs> and so far, the highest cases seem to stay in Republican from varying from slightly Republican to very Republican. The top one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight are, um, let's see, uh, from slightly Republican to very Republican. Nevada being slightly Democrat, just taking over Arkansas just now. Arizona holding it down this entire time. Florida trying to keep up as we go through August. Um, we're seeing them shoot past 20,000, followed by Louisiana, Mississippi, South Carolina, and Alabama. These are all Republican-led states. Still moving on. Louisiana just switched places with Arizona. Florida overtook Arizona. Do -do 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 -do. Yep, we're in August 22nd, and we have Texas, South Carolina, Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, Arizona, and Florida holding down the top spots. Georgia just overthrew Nevada, showing that a slightly Republican state will overtake a slightly Democrat. Uh, Georgia then took over Texas by September in highest cases. Tennessee then goes over Nevada, Tennessee being very Republican. And then Arkansas then takes over Nevada. Nevada being slightly Democrat. And uh, yeah, Arkansas and Texas fighting over that last spot right there. Uh, Georgia, Tennessee, Arkansas, Texas, Louisiana, South Carolina, Arizona, Mississippi, Alabama, Florida, all Republican, all having over 20,000 cases. Let's see. It ends here on October 2nd. It has Nevada being uh, the slightly Democrat state with 23,000 cases since June 1st. Now we get, it's in 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. There are 11 other states ahead of it. Those states being Georgia, Texas, Tennessee, Arkansas, North Dakota, South Carolina, Arizona, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Florida, most of them being Republican and very Republican, while a couple, three of them, being slightly Republican. But let's see, they're all above the Democrats. Now, the rest are mostly Republican. Now check this. You got Iowa, Idaho, Oklahoma, South Dakota, Utah, all right below Nevada, all Republican. Then you get Wisconsin, which is slightly Democratic, just above Missouri, which is uh, Republican. And then you get California, which is very Democratic. And then you get Kansas, right below that one, which is very Republican. Then you get North Carolina, which is slightly Republican. And then you get Nebraska and Kentucky at very Republican, finishing off with uh, Illinois at very, uh, slightly Democrat. Now you get one, two, three, four. There's four Democrat states on this list, whereas the rest are either slightly Republican or very Republican. So uh, we can't just throw shade on Democrats for being Democrats, Mr. President. It's not how this works. And 
you're going to have a hard time ever building it up again. Let's so so that yeah. cure, that so-called cure that you talk about, it can't be worse than the problem. The problem is a bad problem. We've got more questions on COVID, okay. so let's drop Fine. it for now. We were supposed to, as mentioned, be watching you on a debate stage right now. We're not doing that, so let's clear up a few things from the last one. You were asked point blank to denounce white supremacy. In the moment, you didn't. You asked some follow-up questions. Who specifically? A couple of days later, on a different show, oh, you, you, you denounced white supremacy. No, you My question to you is: You've done this to me and everybody. Why does it seem like I denounce white supremacy? Okay. You did I've two denounced days later. white supremacy for years, but you always do it. You always start off with a well, question. You didn't ask Joe Biden whether or not he denounces Antifa. I watched him on the same basic show with Lester Holt. And he was asking questions like Biden was a child. Well, well so th this so is a little bit of a dodge. Are you, wait, are you listening? I denounce white supremacy. Okay. What's your next question? Do you feel, uh, it feels sometimes you're hesitant to do so. Like you hesitant. wait a Here piece. we go again. Every time, in fact, my people came. I'm sure they'll ask you the white supremacy question. I denounce white supremacy. Okay. And frankly, you want to know something? I denounce Antifa, and I denounce these people on the left that are burning down our cities that are run by Democrats who don't All know right, what they're doing. While we're denouncing, let me ask you about QAnon. It is this theory that... Uh, Democrats are a satanic pedophile ring and that you are the savior of that. Now, can you just once and for all state that that is completely not true so and disavow QAnon yeah. in its entirety? I know nothing about QAnon. I just told I you. I know very little. You told me, but what you tell me doesn't necessarily make it fact. I hate to say that. I know nothing about it. I do know they are very much against uh, pedophilia. They fight it very hard. But I know nothing they about it. They believe it, it is if a you'd satanic like call run by the deep state. The subject, I'll tell you what I do know about. I know about Antifa, and I know about the radical left, and I know how violent they are, and how vicious <laughs> they are, and I know how they... It just went the same way that the Proud Boy question went. Exact same way. It's just like, will you denounce this white-wing group that uh, supports you and your FBI says is a domestic terror threat? And he says, yes, but I want to denounce my political opponents, my enemies, that they shall know my name is the Lord. They're burning down cities run by Democrats, not run Republican by Republicans. Republican Senator Ben Sass said, quote, QAnon is nuts, and real leaders call conspiracy theories conspiracy theories. Why right. not just say it's crazy and not true? He may be right. I just don't know about QAnon. You do know. I don't know. No, I don't know. I Why don't is know. The, the woman in the pink mask is, like, reacting alongside the president? Like, when he says yes, she's nodding her head. And when he says no, she's like, mm-mm. Nope, you're not going to get him with that one. And it's ridiculous because he's been asked about these people multiple times. And the thing is, is if his FBI knows about him, why the fuck does he not? And also, too, if it's a cult surrounded about around his personality, of course he fucking knows about it because he loves his personality. Let me Tell ask me you another thing. It. Let's waste a whole show. Uh, you start off with white supremacy, I denounce it. You start off with something else, let's go. Keep asking me these okay. questions. I but, do have one more let me, just, let me just tell you, what I do hear about it is they are very strongly against pedophilia. And I agree with that. I mean, I do agree okay. with that. And I agree but with that. There's it not very a strongly. satanic. Uh, we, gotta, we, gotta, we gotta admit, though, that Trump had a whole page of his, uh, of his uh, trips on the Lolita Express and also on being on Jeffrey's, uh, what is it, St. Jeffrey Island. So. Um, he also walked in on beauty pageant girls, age of one as uh, young as 13. So um, if there's a possible pedophile ring in the White House, uh, Trump might know more about it than he's putting on. I have no idea. I know nothing about You don't know that? that? Okay. No, I don't know you that. Just and he, and he, I just feel like that lady with the pink mask behind him is actually a part of QAnon because she's like, just deny it. Just deny it. They don't. If 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 you reveal your hand, Mr. President, they're gonna know that you're JFK Jr. 
week. Do you know that? Okay, just this week. Why, you why retweeted. aren't you asking me about Antifa? Why aren't you asking me about just, the radical? Because you, like, vehemently on your own at all of your rallies make it very clear that you don't care for Antifa, Black Lives Matter, you want them all gone. You talked about Michael Reinel and how he does, how he, he was retributed by the U.S. Marshals. We know how you feel about left-wing movements, Mr. President. What we don't know is the right-wingers that you don't necessarily talk about and yet kind of egg on. Why are you asking Joe Biden questions about why doesn't he condemn Antifa? Why does he say it doesn't exist? Because you're Antifa, no, Yeah, I don't know. Because Antifa is not a group, but also like, you know, Joe Biden has come out and said that he doesn't support any of the looting or, you know, non, uh, uh, like non-peaceful protesting. So. <laughs> That's so cute. Antifa exists. They're vicious, they're violent, they kill people, and they're burning down our cities. And they happen to be radical left. Just this week, you retweeted to your 87 million followers a conspiracy theory that Joe Biden orchestrated to have SEAL Team 6, the Navy SEAL Team 6, killed to cover up the, the fake death of bin Laden. Now, why would you send a lot like that to your followers? You retweeted That was a retweet. That was a, an opinion of somebody. But and that was a retweet. <laughs> I'll put it out there. People... <laughs> I hadn't even heard about this one. <laughs> They're like, oh, you, you, you retweeted a baseless accusation as if it was, like, fact, Mr. President. What are you going to say about that? He's like, it's a retweet. It's meaningless. My account is meaningless. Why do you take me seriously? What am I, the president of a military and of, like, it's, am I the most powerful man in a, on the planet? I don't know. I don't know anything. Can decide for themselves. I don't take a position. You're not like someone's crazy uncle who can just retweet whatever. That was a retweet, and I do a lot of retweets. And frankly, because the media is so fake and so corrupt, if I didn't have social media, I don't call it Twitter, I call it social media, I wouldn't be able to get the word out. And the word is, is and you know what the word is? The word is very simple. We're building our country stronger and better than it's ever been before. And that's what's happening, and everybody knows it. Okay, we know what the word is. We're winning in a lot of states. He dodged. He dodged a lot. He dodged a lot there. Like, can you say something about this baseless accusation that you retweeted that is dangerous and could threaten the lives of many uh, people? And he's like, well, I retweet a lot of stuff. And if I didn't have Twitter or Facebook or all these social medias, people would just continue to lie to me and I wouldn't be able to get the word out. I'm the American president. I would have no way to speak to the American people without social media. Okay. We're winning in a lot of states. Well, no, he wouldn't be able to spread as much disinformation or like the sick shit that's inside his head directly into your brain without social media. Ask, okay, I'm glad you brought up the election because I do want to ask about that. That's another kind of leftover item. A lot of people have asked you, will you accept a peaceful transfer of power? You have said repeatedly, the only way we lose this election is if it is rigged. Now, that is simply not true. The fact is either candidate can lose fair and square without ballot sure, fraud. And, and so you will you accept the results of the lose, election? That's the way I want it to be. But when I see thousands of ballots, right, unsolicited ballots being given out by the millions and thousands of them are dumped in dumpsters and... When you see ballots with the name Trump military ballots from our great military and they're dumped in garbage cans. See, he's, he's going with like the, the, the side like fringe stories that came out from the New York Post and the Federalists. And here's the thing, though, is that there are always ballots that are invalidated because people fucked up or there's like 
really strict like voting laws in certain districts and counties and cities. It's very complex, but I've already talked about this many times with Trump because there is a lot of ways for ballots to be invalidated that have nothing to do with who the candidate's on there and more specifically with how the ballot was turned in. So Trump is going to use that excuse, which has been a problem. I, I agree, like we shouldn't have so many ballots invalidated because of a, mis, a mismark or a, a wrong kind of bubbling or something like that. Um, but he's going to use that excuse to say this is like look over here this is evidence of voter fraud look at this over here this is evidence of a rigged election look over here this is evidence of a corrupt bureaucracy now look over here i am uncorruptible i am the leader of QAnon, here to save you from the satanic pedophile ring that we all know is out there and joe biden had used seal team six to cover up the death of osama bin laden now check this out real quick who came out and endorsed trump recently the Taliban. Now, who also came out and said it's really hard to be a Trump supporter? Osama bin Laden's niece. So, what are we doing here, right? The Taliban and Russia. I don't really care about Osama bin Laden's niece. That was mostly just funny to me. Like, it's very fascinating that she is, like, now a conservative talking point for them to be like, look at how hard it is to be a Trump supporter. But here's the thing, all right? Russia supports Trump. The Taliban supports Trump. These are two obvious powers and organizations that want our president to continue to be president. That should alarm anybody who calls himself a patriot. But the thing is, though, is that Trump is exactly the same kind of... Um, leader that the fascist movements have had which fascism tends to be a swing against it's an anti-reactionary movement to communism or socialism basically any kind of left-wing movement will be met with fascism and that is why we have this guy a handful. We could go all night, which we won't. No, but no, we could go all night, one by one, a single case, a single day. You're talking about 150 million votes. Your own FBI director says there is no evidence of widespread oh, really? fraud. Well, then he's not doing a very good job. All you have to there, see, it comes back to Trump not getting the facts that he's that he agrees with, or the facts not agreeing with him. His FBI director or his investigator, I can't remember who specifically she said that investigated that there is uh, very little fraud in the past. Um, historically that you know he is not doing a very good job because he's not pulling up the results that Trump wants it's not necessarily a way you want to run a country do is pick up the papers every day 50,000 in Ohio the great state of Ohio 50,000 uh, in another location I think North Carolina 500,000 applications in Virginia no no there's a tremendous problem but let me just tell you they talk about the peaceful transfer right they spied on my campaign and they got caught and they spied heavily on my campaign and they tried to take down a duly elected city. 
Here's the thing, though, is that he keeps bringing this up as if there was, like, some kind of coup d'etat. But the thing is, though, is that the Democrats allowed a lot of his uh, legislation to pass, a lot of his executive orders to go unchallenged. There's so much work that he actually got done in this meantime of that impeachment that it's total bullshit. Now, I have my own conspiracy theory that I subscribe to. I don't think anybody else should because I only like to ponder these things because I have no answers. I am a meaningless little dweeb floating on a spaceship trapped on these on this fucking little spaceship with a bunch of fevered egos as Bill's Hick, Bill Hicks would put it. But my conspiracy theory is that the Democrats have been the worst fucking oppositional party to an actual authoritarian fascistic threat to democracy. Not because of uh, them being weak and ineffective, but because of them looking weak and ineffective allows this illegitimate president to look more legitimate, as if he had fought off some kind of coup, as if he had justified his actions or was exonerated, even though he wasn't. The Democrats can say, oh, we impeached him in the House, and so we have exonerated ourselves, and yet they pass the tax cuts. They're barely putting up a fight for Obamacare. And I think they knew at the time, too, that Trump was going to have nearly three to four justice picks in his presidency. So, and honestly, the Ukraine case was so weak. It was so weak. It's, it, it's this, almost the same thing as the uh, Robert Mueller investigation where Trump's reaching out to foreign powers to get help on his campaign for president. But to impeach him only for Ukraine and not include the obstruction of justice from Robert Mueller, weak. And I think it was purposefully weak. Because the Democrats want to look like they're putting up a fight against an authoritarian fascistic regime, when really that's just part of the show. Now that's my conspiracy theory. There's no evidence for it besides the fact that the, the, the Democrats are ineffective and weak. Why else is Joe Biden their candidate? But he uses that narrative to his advantage, and we're not going to not hear about it ever. So it's, it's, it's unfortunate. I just I had to put it out there because I, it's so frustrating to see the Democrats be that opposition party to this, to this administration and it being so ineffective. And I have no evidence to prove any of that. I just, you know, I just kind of assume the two wings of fascism would have. President, and then they talk about, will you accept a peaceful transfer? And the answer is yes, I will. But I want it to be an honest election. And so does everybody else. When I see thousands of ballots dumped in a garbage can and they happen to have my name on it, I'm not happy okay, about that. Okay, but just those are case. I mean, there is no, there is in fact no evidence of widespread fraud. And there's no evidence of thousands of his ballots being thrown in the trash. There were nine ballots, and seven of them had his name. I've already gone over this. And you were sowing doubt about our democracy. You, how, how our democracy. How can you say that? You do read newspapers. I do. You do watch the news. Yes, I know you read the I news, do. but you watch it. I do. Because every day they're talking about ballots that are corrupt, that are fraudulent. And millions that are, are sure. being processed right sure. now. Sure. But you can win a race. Take a look at me. You can win a race by 1%. But why are you laying the groundwork for that right now? It's I'm like not, if I, I go play tennis with happen. my husband and I say my Ankles you know what? Right I don't want that to happen. Okay. Savannah, I want it to be clean. Okay. I, I really feel we're going to win, but I want this to be clean. Let's get but it's sort of ironic that you and them talk about the peaceful transfer when I spent three and a half years fighting off these maniacs, and now it turns out 
everything's there, that they were the ones that dealt with Russia. And it's too bad. But okay. peaceful transfer, I absolutely want that. But ideally, I don't... Oh, yeah. Didn't, uh, didn't the Congress also vote on Trump's, like, increased spending on the military? So... Yeah, there's that. I want to transfer because I want to win. Yes, and I think that your words will probably reassure some folks. Let's get to our first voter. We've got Jacqueline Lugo. Now, she is, I told you this, this audience is truly split between y'all. You are leaning Biden. She voted for Clinton in 2016. She's registered as an independent. Jacqueline, Holy what's your shit. question for the president? Finally and hold the mic up close and take off your mic because it's hard sure. to hear out here. Good evening. How are you? Uh, welcome to Miami. Thank you very much. It's beautiful. <laughs> Mr. President, if you knew COVID-19, as you told Bob Woodward, in February, as, as what? As you told Bob Woodward in February, was airborne and deadlier than the flu. That it was a plague. Why did you only put in place a travel ban from China and not put in place other measures mitigating the spread of COVID-19, potentially saving tens of thousands of American lives? Well, I did put it in very early, as you know. Uh, Joe Biden was two months behind me, and he called me xenophobic and racist and everything else because I put it in, and it turned out that I was 100% right. I also put it on Europe very early because I saw there was a lot of infection in Europe, and it's sort of an amazing question, and I appreciate the question. And respect. I mean, he could have blocked um, China very early on because they had reported back in December an outbreak, so he could have done it a lot sooner. Um, like a, a whole month about a month and a half and then europe was shortly followed by after um china but we also tend to forget as time goes on that he allowed american citizens to return back as well because i mean you know that's fair it's fair but he didn't force them into quarantine or anything like that they just came back so Back the question, but the news doesn't get out the right answer because I put on a travel ban far earlier than Dr. Fauci thought it was necessary, who I like, far earlier than the scientists. I doubt that. I was actually the only one that wanted to put it on, and I did it actually against the advice of a lot of people, including Nancy Pelosi, who had no clue what she was doing, and Biden. When I put on I the travel that. ban, you know, I put it on in January, the end of January. When I put on the travel ban, Joe Biden and, and others said, this is ridiculous. You don't do that. Well... Dr. Fauci said I saved thousands and thousands of lives. Did you I was early. I was extremely early when I put on the travel ban. Can I ask you, did your national security advisor on January 28th in the Oval Office warn you that this would be the greatest national security risk of your administration? No, he didn't. You, no, he, he didn't say it or you I, don't I remember? It, I read it someplace. Maybe Woodward said it or something. But no, he did not say that. But I knew it was... <laughs> I've, read it, I've, read, I've read it somewhere. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't even know where I really get my information. Was it on Fox and Friends? I can't remember. It's a big threat. At the same time, I don't want to panic this country. I don't want to go out and say, everybody's going to die. Everybody's Isn't going there to a middle ground? You don't no, have to mislead, but you can... No, no, no. There's not a middle ground. Yeah. <laughs> God, you got to be kidding me. It's either I come out and say, hey, there's nothing we could do. Everybody die. Because I, I dismantled the pandemic uh, task force in 2018. Or I could say, hey, guys, don't worry about it. Just be cool. Be cool. You have to be safe, you have to be vigilant, and you have to be smart. You're going to like this next couple of voters. Good. It's a mom and a daughter. Good. Mom, Barbara, voted for you in 2016. She's leaning to vote for you again. Now, her daughter was too young to vote last time. She's going to vote for her first time in a presidential campaign, and she is leaning Biden. So imagine the dinner table at their we'll house, vote, yeah. okay? So, Barbara, why don't you go first and, and ask your question? Bienvenido a Miami. Thank you. Mr. Trump, as a frontline ER doctor working through the coronavirus pandemic, right. I know firsthand, and I've seen that many hospitals throughout the United States are suffering uh, financial hardships. These uh, economic effects are 
trickling down to the frontline workers. Right. We are being, uh, across the country, <coughs> frontline workers are being fired, they're being furloughed, our salaries are being cut. And this is also happening in other economic sectors as well, including the travel industry and hospitality. Right. My question to you is, how are you going to get the United States back on track, both in terms of the economy and the pandemic? So it's happening. We just set a record, 11.4 million jobs. We are going to have a phenomenal third quarter, which will be announced on... 30 million Americans signed up for unemployment. November 1st, just prior to the big November 3rd day. Where I think was- so if that, if that is to remain true, that would mean if he added 11.4 back of those jobs, that would at least be somewhere around 19.6 or 18.6. My math might be wrong, but it's still more Americans out of work than, that, than there were. This year, red wave. Permanent, uh, 50% of small businesses are closed down permanently. But we're going to have a tremendous announcement, I believe. I mean, we're going to find out. But GDP is going through the roof. Jobs, uh, real estate, houses, so many things are happening. So people were saying we're going to have a 42% unemployment. Look, this was a thing that came into our country. We're going to have 42%. And then that's the thing, too, is we might have a second round of lockdowns that could really disrupt a lot of stuff. Yeah, we're looking at 7.9 right now, but that's reported. So we always got to kind of adjust for uncounted people because that's just 7.9 people who have signed up for unemployment. We reached at 14% at the height back in about mid-March between June. All right, there's no current current amount right now, but we got 7.9%, which is still pretty high. Let's see. So if we have 7.9 right now, at the height of, oof, okay, so at the height of the Great Depression, we were looking at 24.9. So we only, we barely, we barely touched it, but the thing is, though, is that every time we have one of these recessions, um, you know, we can expect the next to hit harder. So 2008 was one of the hardest, and then we can see one uh, pretty big coming down the horizon. And it happened a hundred, more than a hundred years ago, and it happened now. They were talking about a 42% unemployment Who rate. Who was talking it about that? Out, I heard 20%. It just 20%. came out at 7.8% unemployment, and people can't even believe it. Our economy is going to be, next year, if we don't have somebody that raises taxes and quadruples taxes, which uh, they want to do and kills everything, our economy is going to be phenomenal next year. We're going to have a phenomenal. And, and I'll tell you, Savannah, we had the greatest economy in the history of our country, Last year, including the state of Florida, where we are now, and Pennsylvania, and North Carolina, and Ohio, every place, we had the greatest economy we ever had. We had to close it down. We saved two million lives. We're opening it up. We have a V-shape, and it's coming back. It's coming back very fast. One other thing, we really helped the hospitals. We've sent billions and billions of dollars to the hospitals. In addition, hundreds of millions of masks and gowns, and we went into the ventilator business because this country was not equipped with ventilators, and I'm not blaming anybody for it, but we're now making thousands of ventilators a month and we have all we can use. We're sending them all over the world because the world needs them. So they've worked very hard and really very, very effectively. Thank you. Great question. Let's talk to Isabella. Put the mic close to your mouth. Okay, go ahead. Mr. President, my parents are, as you heard, both frontline healthcare workers, and I've seen the physical and the mental tolls that this pandemic has taken on them firsthand. 
as well as the exacerbation of coronavirus due to Americans who are not wearing masks or participating in social distancing. After contracting COVID-19 yourself, has your opinion changed on the importance of mask wearing? No, because I was okay with the masks. I was good with it. But I've heard many different stories on masks. I mean, I had, you know, being president, you have people, they bring meals, they bring this. They, and I had a, an instance recently where a very wonderful person is bringing me a meal and he's playing with his mask and he's touching his mask all over the place. And then he's bringing a plate in and I'm saying, well, I don't know if that's so good. I mean, the good news, I didn't eat it. Okay. I, did, I decided not to eat it. This was a month ago. But I look, look. That's you- the thing, though, is that somebody would like touch their face regardless of not having a mask or having a mask. I think what Trump should acknowledge is whether or not they should have had fucking gloves. Um, but there he goes, blaming the waiters and waitresses again, the people who bring him his food, when obviously he can uh, get it himself. He's the president. Just have the chef cook it right there. You have on the masks, you know, you have two stories. You have a story where they want, a story where they don't want. I am all well, for I it. I don't get that because it's just all of your public health officials, your administration, they're in unison Trump. about this. No. They're all in unison no. about it. The you, University of Washington, which is a, a, is a, a they have a model that your coronavirus task force relies on, says that if everyone wore a mask, you could cut expected deaths in half. And then 60, you have other people that Well, what does that Scott mean? Scott Atkins, if you look at Scott, Dr. Scott, he's from great guys, Stanford. He will tell you he's that he's not he an infectious disease you. expert. Oh, I don't know. Look, he's an expert. He's one of the great experts. Oh, my God. This lady behind him reacting to that as well. It's just funny that she's like, you have a whole team of people telling you that if they wear masks, we could save lives. And he's like, yeah, but there's this one guy who says it's a lie. Experts of the world. But I don't get it because you have so much power and influence as president. I'm you could go it. to your, you could require way. it at your rallies. I'm and you could say, everyone put on a mask right now. And the University of Washington says Savannah, you could save University lives. University of Washington, then you have other places say different things. You have a lot. Hey, Dr. Fauci said don't wear a mask, right? At first, but then everybody agreed. Well, I don't know. Then he no. changed his mind. But then you have a report coming out two days ago that 85% of the people wearing masks. I looked at that it. report. It's not about mask wearing. It was neutral Savannah, on the question Savannah, of masks. We're on the same side. I say wear the mask. I'm okay. fine with it. Okay. I have no problem. We're on the same side. Let's take a break. We're going to get more questions right after this. Wear the mask. Wear the mask. They're not required on my rallies. Just wear the mask. Oh boy. Oh, little little pause there. I gotta fast forward through. It's for their sponsors, which I do not have. I have no sponsors. It is just me, myself, and my lovely viewers and listeners. Oh, okay. I thought they were about to return, and then it just, like, zoomed back. For a town hall. There we are. Miami with President Trump for a town hall. Thank you again, Mr. President. We have another voter now. Christy Alonzo, come on out, Christy. She is leaning slightly towards you, she says. She voted for you in 2016. Christy, you ready? Take the mask off, hold the mic close, and let's hear your question. Thank you for your service, Mr. President. Thank you very much. Um, We're a hardworking, middle-class family of four. My husband and I are both self-employed, and we have to get our own individual health care. As you know, healthcare costs have gone up considerably over the decades, and you had originally said you were going to repeal and replace Obamacare. What is your plan now in 2020 to make healthcare costs affordable for Americans like Good. myself? So we got rid of the individual mandate on Obamacare, which was the worst part of Obamacare, and now you could actually say it's not Obamacare, because that's how big it was, where you had to pay a fortune for the privilege of not having to pay for bad health insurance. So we got rid of that. That was a big, big thing. The individual mandate was what actually gave the subsidies there. Uh, power by having everybody pay into Obamacare it made people signing up for premiums much cheaper. Yep. And by doing that, and we will always have, by the way, we're always... Now, I'm not a supporter of Obamacare. I don't like Obamacare what, whatsoever, but what Trump's planning on replacing it with is nothing. So, 
protecting people with pre-existing conditions and I Oh, he'll, except for the rhetoric that like people, this is what, this is like one of the things that people mostly care about. And that's because so many Americans have pre-existing conditions and some of them include pregnancy, diabetes, which you can get from birth, asthma, which you can get from birth, and then other things that may even be job related. So um, Trump using that, well, we're covering pre-existing conditions with an executive order, which is not law. An executive order can really only tell his government to do certain things. Who is actually going to hold insurance companies accountable when they do not cover pre-existing conditions? Because right now, it is protected under Obamacare or the ACA. And so if somebody were to actually take it to the courts, they would have to be covered for their pre-existing conditions because it is covered by law, not by executive order can't say that more strongly but we've been able to bring health care costs way down now i took over obamacare got rid of the individual mandate made it good managed it much better remember they had the five billion dollar uh, website disaster and all of the problems they had the problem with obamacare it's not good we'd like to terminate it and we want a much less expensive health care that's a much better health care and that's where we're aiming and if we can but he can't he can't really even dictate that because the thing is though is that it's tied most mostly to insurance choices and that's decided by board members and ceos so as long as we have for-profit health care we cannot guarantee anybody that we are going to have cheaper health care and there's by no means any way that trump is going to throw more money into medicaid and medicare to expand it and that was another part of obamacare that i actually kind of like is that um uh, states were able to opt into expanding medicare and medicaid um, with that gone, it's going to throw a lot of people off of Medicare and Medicaid, especially since Trump also wants to cut back payroll taxes, which feed into those same programs. Trump is probably the epitome of laissez-faire, where we are going backwards from FDR and deeper into a, a Great Depression. But since maybe because we have so many luxuries and commodities and a bigger middle class these days, well, it's a shrinking, dwindling middle class and a rising wealth and quality gap. It's interesting how we're going to handle a lot of this as the rich become so rich that they're untouchable and the poor become so poor that they die. And do that, and we have a very good chance of doing it. But we've also brought down the price of Ob Obamacare. Problem with Obamacare, it basically is never going to be great. And I want to give great health care. He didn't even like outline the problems with it. We all know that healthcare is expensive, but it's not necessarily Obamacare's fault. Obamacare did try to reduce these prices with subsidies and uh, covering certain certain uh, coverage that most healthcare's don't even want to touch. But um, he offered nothing in replacement. He just said that we want to offer better, we want to be greater, and we're going to be good. Mr. So President, important. I got to thank you very much. On the pre-existing conditions, this is such a big issue for voters. It is a big issue for me, too. In point of fact, your administration is about to go to the Supreme Court to argue to That's throw right. out the rest of Obamacare, which includes the protections for pre-existing right. conditions. Right. So your administration is in court right now trying to get rid of that protection. In order to replace it with a much better health care at a much lower price, and always, under all circumstances, we are going to protect the Republicans. And I mean, maybe I changed the party a lot over the last three years, but we will protect people with pre-existing conditions. And Savannah, what I want to do, get rid of the terrible Obamacare. I've already done it to a large extent because, as you know, the, the individual mandate is gone. That was the worst part. You repealed, but you haven't replaced. Now, you've been no, in, in office no. almost four years. What we you, have had, done. you had both houses of Congress, Senate and, and House, in Republican hands, right. and there is not a replacement yet. That's right. I'm sorry, but if you look, we had both houses, and what did we do? We got rid of the individual 
legal mandate. But that the, went the through the legislature. But the problems with repeal and replace. Look, look. We should be on the same side. I want it very simple. I'm going to put it very simple. We would like to terminate it, and we would like to replace it with something that's much less expensive and much better. That's essentially meaningless when you have no plan. We will always protect people with pre-existing but conditions. But if you're successful and in court in November, those pre-existing also, people that have caught COVID, including the president, all now have pre-existing conditions. Existing conditions, that promise succeed, will be gone. If we don't succeed, we are running the remnants of whatever's left because we took it. That's 8 million people, not counting the 200,000 that have passed away from COVID-19, but roughly 8 million people who now have pre-existing conditions. 8 million people were thrown into poverty. Probably can't afford health care. And all he is saying is we are going to replace a bad healthcare plan with a plan, with a good healthcare plan. I can promise you it's going to be good because I can make those promises. Apart, we are running the remnants of whatever is left much better than the previous administration, which ran it very badly. Okay. But we'd like to have new health care, much better and much less expensive. Let me get to question number five, and you'll like this. He's stuck in traffic. His name is Joe White. He is registered as a Democrat. He says he's leaning uh, toward Biden and, and Biden and voted for Hillary Clinton in 2016. And his question was, a second stimulus payment has been broadly agreed upon by the Republicans and Democrats, and yet now we're in October and it's still not passed. Why not use your office to make the second stimulus payment a separate targeted emergency relief package to help Americans weather the pandemic? Well, we've actually passed three packages, but and we're on our fourth, and I agree. He's asking specifically, Joe White is asking specifically about the stimulus checks for average Americans, allowing them to have more spending money in these times of short change. Um, he said we passed big ones. We've, I think he said four. Did he say four or three? To help Americans weather the pandemic. Well, we've actually passed three packages. He said three. Um, there's only been one package for the American people. There has been three for uh, big industries. So... Let that sink in. But when we're on our fourth, and I agree with him 100%. He should vote for me. The problem you have is Nancy Pelosi. She couldn't care less about the worker. She couldn't care less about our people. And we should have a stimulus. And I want a stimulus. The Republicans will approve a stimulus. The problem is she doesn't want to do it because she thinks it's, thinks it's bad for her election. The, tr the fact is she's wrong because people know she's in our way. She's not approving it. She doesn't appreciate our people. And she doesn't approve, appreciate at all our workers. Nancy Pelosi. You know that's a lie because Senator Mitch McConnell said that they don't want to pass the House bill because it's too expensive, meaning that there's uh, money in there that they don't want to give to certain groups, certain people. And, of course, uh, Trump uses it to be like they want to give it to Democrats to support their Democrat states. And that allows Republicans to be like, yeah, well, then fuck them. Um, when really the Republicans on the bottom rung of society need that money about just as much as the Democrats on the bottom rung of society. Me being an independent also would need that money because of the, uh, the cuts and costs of the businesses that we all work for. Um, so, yeah, he is not the, the uh, president of the people. He is the president of the wealthy people. Pelosi, so. we are ready to sign and pass stimulus, but People she's got to do not it. love the back and forth of Washington, but this has been a roller coaster. Back in early October, you one day tweeted, no more negotiations until election until after election day. I'm walking away. Then I think the next couple of days you said maybe we can do something targeted. Sure. Then you said I want a big, big bill, but then Senate Republicans said, no, we're not for that. So you Doesn't are the matter. big deal maker. That's How come right. this is so That's you right. yourself did have you changed positions? A, did you ever hear of a word called negotiation? We're negotiating, okay? 
but people are negotiating. People's lives are hanging you know in the balance. <laughs> and you know who I'm negotiating against? Nancy Pelosi, because she doesn't want to give the money. We <laughs> should have stimulus. <laughs> By saying it's Nancy Pelosi's fault, it's just like saying that the reason why there's so much COVID going around is because of China. This was not our people's fault. This was China's fault. And she's penalizing our people. I'm ready to sign a big, beautiful stimulus. You saw the other day, I say, go big or go home, right? That's what I want it to be big. I want it to be bold. I want the money to go to directly Are to the Republicans people. Republicans with you? They're going to go big they'll for a big yeah, old they'll number? Go. They'll go. They're going to be okay, very Okay, so happy. far, they... Yeah, but the thing is, though, is that it's going to be for big industry. Like, Mitch McConnell did release it, and it has more money for the PPP, which he claims is for small businesses, even though big businesses in Kanye West's business all participated in and as long as they can report where that money went the pp loan is no longer a loan it's literally just money given away so we're having actual socialism for rich people not even real socialism it's just, it's the american understanding of socialism where the government does stuff and gives away free shit and it's all for businesses big money capital while the meeple and the working class they're left to the wayside to catch COVID or maybe even some more poverty. And maybe that'll cut down our population and we won't have to take care of as many people. Maybe that's why Trump's more competent with a few million people rather than hundreds of millions of people to lead. All right. I have not said I know, because it I haven't asked them to because I can't get through Nancy Pelosi. Okay. If but Nancy Pelosi and I, through my representative... The House passed the bill. The Senate refuses to vote on it or directly, I don't care. If we agree to something, the Republicans will agree to it. Okay. Our next question comes from, oh, this is interesting. She voted for Clinton in 2016, but recently changed her registration from Democrat to Independent. She says she's truly undecided. Her name's Becky Lightman. Hello, Becky. What's your question? How are you? Hi, I'm great. How are you? Nice to see you. Thank Good you. to see you. So corporate tax rates are a hot button issue, and you have cut corporate tax rates, and your opponent Joe Biden is planning to raise them. Right. A lot of Americans think that corporations don't pay their share of taxes and want to see those tax rates increase. Right. What do you say to those Americans to maybe tell them why you want the corporate tax rate lower and why that helps them? It's a great question. We've created more jobs than this country has ever created. We're up to 100. It's not true. 60 million jobs. We were never even close to that number. It's not true. We were just hitting 160 million jobs. Companies are pouring into our nation because of the tax rate. I mean, that is such an egregious uh, statistic to lie about. It's it's just so not true. And if Biden comes in and raises taxes on everybody, including middle income taxes, which he wants to do, you will blow this thing and you'll end up with a depression, the likes of which you've never had. That's what's going to happen. We have something that's really good. The reason we're coming back so strong is because we built a very strong foundation. Companies are moving in. Car companies are moving into Michigan. Not true. Into Ohio, into South Carolina and North Carolina just today. So what's happening is they're coming in because we reduced the taxes. Our taxes, our corporate taxes were the highest in the world. And now they're among the lower taxes. They're not the lowest, but they're among the lowest. And what that means is jobs. But also we're doing a very big and we've done a very big middle income tax package. So if we get in, we're going to do the middle income tax package. But it's a great question. And if he comes along and raises rates, all those companies that are coming in, they will leave the U.S. so fast your head will spin. We can't let that happen. On the subject Thank of you. taxes, as you know, the New York Times is a... It's not true because we're a massive consumer market. So if they want to sell and, uh, you know, have their products here, we can tax the fuck out of them. So it's, it's, it's just, it's bullshit. Honestly, too, you can have businesses that operate like sell products in America and tax the fuck out of them. And they still would have employees outside of America. It's, uh, 
I don't know. It's just that simple man talk that it's just like if it, you know, what did what did uh, what did Robert Evans say? Uh, be suspicious of simple answers. That shit's for teenagers and, or no, that shit's for fascists and teenagers. Be suspicious of simple answers. That shit's for fascists and teenagers. It says years of your tax returns, among other things, it says that you have debts of approximately $421 million that you have personally. And we did find out that it's actually over a billion dollars. Guaranteed and that will come due in the next four years. The question is, on behalf of voters, who do you owe $421 million okay, first to? First of all, let me answer. What they did is illegal, number one. Also, the numbers are all wrong with the numbers they released. And just so you understand, when you have a lot of real estate, I have real estate, you know a lot of it, okay? Right down the road, Doral. Big stuff, great stuff. I'm very under, when I decided to run, I'm very under levered, fortunately, but I'm very under levered. I have a very, very small percentage of debt compared, in fact, some of it I did as favors to institutions that wanted to loan me money. $400 million compared to the assets that I have, all of these great properties all over the world, and frankly, the Bank of America building in San Francisco. I don't love what's happening to San Francisco. Well, do I hear you right? It sounds like you're saying Avenue, $400 million biggest, isn't that much. One of the much. biggest office buildings. But are you, are, you, are you confirming that, yes, you do owe some $400 million? What I'm saying is that it's a tiny percentage of my net worth. That sounds and like, you'll yes. see that soon because we're doing things, you know, We've given, I think it's 108 or 112 pages of financial detail to elections. And, you know, we have to file as, as the president, as any politician, you have to file. Nobody ever looks at that. When they do, they see how incredible the company well, is. But more importantly, they see where this debt is. No, I don't owe Russia money. I don't know. I owe a very, very small. It's all mortgages. Yeah. People have a house. Any a foreign bank, any foreign entity? Not that I know of, but I will probably, because it's so easy to solve. And if you'd like to do, I will. <laughs> This is such a nonsensical answer, too. But she's like, any foreign ones? And he's like, well, I don't know. <laughs> you know who, who I owe whatever small amount of money. I want to say two things. Number one, it's... She's asking who, and he said, you already know who. <laughs> we, and the thing is, is, we don't, but we do know that Deutsche Bank, we do know that's one of them, but... A very small amount of money. Number two, it's very straight. It's very, very straight. But it's a tiny percentage of the worth. Did you ever hear the expression underlevered? Yeah. I am extremely underlevered. Well, here's the thing: you could clear this up tonight by just releasing your tax returns yourself. I mean, I, that's oh, what I said. I think people are just wondering. You know, you're I'm the only. It. it turned out that I am yes, underwater. They IRS actually. Excuse me. No, no. But you. But the IRS says that doesn't stop. He has been under audit for years, but that's because when you're under audit, that means you've done some shady shit. <laughs> but you accused me of not being under audit previously, not and so did not. other people at NBC, and I am under audit. You so are. that was solved. That's good. I am under audit. No person in their right mind would release prior to working out the deal with the IRS. And I'll go a step further. I'm treated very badly by the IRS. They treat me very, very badly. You have people in there from previous administrations. They treat me very badly. But we're under audit. It's very routine in many ways, but we're under audit. They like to change the game, change the rules, do everything. You saw what they did with the Tea Party people. You saw what they did with the religious group. to be group. clear, there is no law or rule that, that prohibits you from releasing your tax no, returns. except common sense and intelligence and having lawyers that say, because I would love to release them, and as soon as we come to a conclusion, I will release them, and very gladly. But if you go to elections, and if you take a look, you'll see 112, I think it's 112, it talks about the income, which is rather massive. It talks about all of the properties, they have them listed. 
you can never learn more. But you know what happened? People went there. All the reporters went. There was like a feeding frenzy. This was originally when I filed it. And I filed it every year. I update it every year. My son is here. They run the company. I don't run the company. You it know? also says that you, you paid know, $750 in taxes in the, the, the year you were elected. Yeah, because is that that's a statutory not? number. It's a statutory. But it's is that, that true? I think it's a filing number. You pay $750. It's a filing or a filing fee. Every, most people here probably no. pay. How many questions is he not directly able to answer? And then shifts into whataboutism. I mean, like, this lady that has been over his shoulder this entire time is just constantly nodding and agreeing with the president. It's just bothering the crap out of me. Because, like, this camera angle just seems like that we have to, that there's, like, somebody on the president's side, and that gives uh, some some of the viewers a little bit of solace. It's, it's kind of ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. All of this is ridiculous because this lady is just nodding along with like every nonsensical answer that he's giving out that is in pure defense. It's He's in complete survival mode here of fending off any truth or any light that would shed on the true darkness inside of this man's heart. Oh, I don't know. I, I can tell you this. If they have my tax returns, as you know, they have to go to jail. It's illegal. But their numbers were wrong. But let me tell you what else. Uh, I don't owe money to any of these sinister people. This has been going on for years now. Russia, Russia, Russia. It turned out to be a hoax. And it turned out to be that Hillary Clinton and the Democrats were dealing with Russia, not me. So here's the thing, though, is that he always uh, accuses all of these other people of illegal activity, and yet no investigations stem from that either. And, I mean, I'm going to put on my conspiracy hat again with barely no evidence, but it just seems like a game played by the elites that they can accuse each other of fraud and corruption, and neither of them really ever suffer any true consequences except for not holding power. It's a whole hoax. So I would not mind at all saying who it is, but it's a very small. When you look at vast properties like I have, and they're big and they're beautiful and they're well located. When you look at that, the amount of money, $400 million is a peanut. It's extremely under levered and it's levered with normal banks. Not a big deal. All right. Let's take a break. We'll get more voter questions right after this. God, he answered that question fucking horribly. Wow. Wow. What a mess. She, she asked, who are you in debt to? And he's like, it's probably banks. Probably normal banks. And we did find out from the Washington Post over this weekend that it's actually over a billion dollars. So a bit more than 400 million, which seems to be peanuts to the president. We are live in Miami in the middle of a town hall with President Trump. Thank you again for being here. We've got another voter, Adam Sugar. He voted for Clinton in 2016. He's registered as a Democrat and says he's supporting Biden. Adam, take it away. Thank you, Savannah. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you, Adam. Four years ago, Senate leadership said it was inappropriate to push through a nominee in an election year. Yet they fast-tracked your nominee for the Supreme Court just today. Uh, the question I have for you is, how do you... What do you say to the voter that thinks it's hypocritical to act in that manner and that they can't trust Republicans' word? So when I was elected and when a president is elected, they're elected for a period of four years. And Justice Ginsburg said it best, I think talking about President Obama having to do with somebody else, that the president is put there for four years, not for three years. So during this fourth year, it happened to come up, unfortunately, because I had great respect for Justice Ginsburg, but a vacancy happened to come up and we picked somebody that's outstanding. She has been an absolute star and I'm extremely proud of it. But again, plenty of time. I mean, there's plenty of time. We're going to do it before the election, but we also have much time after the election, but there's no reason to wait. Because it's just wild because Obama's nominee had like nine months for them to do hearings and confirmations. 
Trump's literally doing it like three weeks. Three weeks, Amy Comey Barrett is being shoved into this position. It is not the same situation. It is actually far worse and highly hypocritical. Both parties, I think, in this situation are very hypocritical. But it, this isn't a straightforward answer of like, how do we trust the Republican Party now? Because it's almost unanimous, it seems to me, certainly within the Republican Party, and frankly, most of the Democrats within closed rooms, I guarantee you that this is an outstanding person. And I'm using my fourth term. And, and you know, if you look at it, and if you put the shoe on the other foot, if they had this, they would do it 100%. So there's been 29 times when this has happened, all 29 times, a president has done exactly what I've done. Can so. I just, I, to, to the voters' point, I'll just say that in 2016, you were on a, another show. 29 times, but we've had way more elections than that, so... Um it's not as precedent as they are making it sound. Another morning show, and you were asked whether President Obama should nominate a Supreme Court Justice Merrick Garland. And you said, I think the Senate should wait until the next president and let the president pick. Now, that was eight months before the election. Yeah. This is three weeks so, before the election. I have election. a lot of respect, by the way. So you, you have changed your position on this. I have a lot of respect for Judge Garland. I want to tell you that. But I'll tell you, the, the whole ball game changed when I saw the way they treated Justice Kavanaugh. I have never seen any human being, and I'm not just talking about Supreme Court, I have never seen a human being treated so badly with false accusations and everything else. I have never seen anything like it. And you know what? The truth is, Savannah, like it or not, the ball game changed a lot. There um, oh, crap. What was her name? Oh, no. I'm so bad at this, but Joe Biden had to apologize to her because he did a very terrible job oh, I can't remember her name this is terrible yeah Anita Hill Jesus I'm so stupid um, Anita Hill received a much more worse treatment from uh, Brett Kavanaugh Brett Kavanaugh yeah, they're kind of whitewashing this whole history of that he had just because now he's confirmed. He wasn't actually proven innocent. The thing is that he had the statute of limitations on his side. The, 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 the true essence of it is that the Republicans just didn't care about the accusations against him. So it's not that he was actually innocent or that he was mistreated. It's just it was extended much longer than normal trials because he had criminal activity in his past that maybe uh, harms the integrity of a Supreme Court justice. There has never been anybody treated so badly as now Justice Kavanaugh. You've mentioned uh, that you would like to see Amy Coney Barrett confirmed to the Supreme Court in case any challenges come up in connection with the election. Yeah. Do you expect her to rule for you? I think she'll have to make that decision. I don't think she has any conflict at all. You know, a Supreme Court judge does not have, I mean, they can make their own decision. Uh, but you know, the thing is, though, is that if she doesn't vote alongside the lines that Trump says that he wants, or the outcome that he wants, he would say that she did a bad job. The, the, and they actually have additional power to make that decision. Uh, it would be totally up to her. I would think that she would be able to rule either for me or against me. I don't see any conflict whatsoever. We have an election coming up. I think it's the most important election in the history of our country. If for any chance, and it probably won't, and I hope it doesn't ever get to the Supreme Court, but if it did, I would think that she would rule one way or the other. I would think so. But for you, you think she would rule for you? I have no idea. I mean, of course she'll rule because, one way or the other, but... Believe it or not, I never asked her about it. I never talked about it. I didn't talk about any of the obvious things that you could talk about. And I think a lot of people in my position might 
But in speaking, but that's also because we know, like, from like what, how, the the Michael Cohen case is that we know Trump speaks in a bit more of a mob boss way. It's a little bit more indirect, and he still wants everybody that he puts around him to be loyal to him. To a lot of very brilliant people and people that do this for a living, they say it's better not to talk. So I talk to her about life. I talk to her about the fact: Would you like to do this? Are you willing to do this? Because it's a tremendous burden. The answer was yes. She is unbelievably well qualified, but I never spoke to her about these various questions. Let's get our next voter. She's leaning to you, Mr. President. She voted for you in 2016. She is a registered Republican. Her name is Mariah Green. Mariah, what's your question? Thank you very much. Thank you. Good evening, Mr. President. I'm honored to be with you here tonight, uh, sir, so thank you. I'm a pro-life millennial, and my question for you today is, if Roe v. Wade is ultimately overturned in the future, what protections would be put in place or kept for where the mother's life is in jeopardy in relation to high-risk pregnancies? Well, again, I'm not ruling on this, and Roe v. Wade is something that a lot of people would say, obviously, you're going to speak to somebody. I, I also, two other great Justices, Justice Gorsuch and Justice Kavanaugh. I never spoke to them about Roe v. Wade. I never spoke to them about election laws. I never spoke to them about anything. And I've done the right thing from a moral standpoint. I don't even know from a legal standpoint, but it was the right thing. Uh, I think. And that's, I feel like that has a lot to do with like, he doesn't actually know much about like law history and the judges. And I think he has like a team of people around him to really think like, this is the who we want to appoint over the next 10 years that are mostly going to support the corporate interests of America because that's usually what the Supreme Court ends up justifying. It's very rare and in some cases where they actually vote on like Roe v. Wade, that was one case. And then we had um, the uh, Civil Rights Act 1964 and um, <clears throat> what was the other one? And the ruling in 2015 on gay marriage those are rare cases compared to how many other cases that they're taking in that are mostly surround around like legislation and business operations. So that's mainly what they're focusing in on. And it very rarely has anything to do with what we call the culture war that we've got going on between splits of what the civil society deems to be lawful and unlawful. Depending on what happens with Roe v. Wade, I think that perhaps it could get sent down to the states and the states would decide. I also think perhaps nothing will happen. Uh, I have not talked to her about it. I think it would be inappropriate to talk to her about it. And some people would say you can talk to her about it. I just think it would be inappropriate. But what is your preference? Because it, it agreed that's not something you should talk to the judge about. But would you like to see Roe versus Wade overturned? I would, I would like to see a brilliant jurist, a brilliant person who has done this uh, in great depth and has actually uh, skirted this issue for a long time, make a decision. And that's why I chose her. I think that she's going to make a great decision. I did not tell her what decision to make, and I think it would be inappropriate to say right now because I don't want to do anything to influence her. I want if he thinks that she's going to make a great decision, that means he already knows the, the decision that she's going to make, and it has to align with the decision that he wants. And she's asking, what's the decision that you want? I want her to get approved, and then I want her to go by the law, and I know she's going to make a— And so far in her, in her own writings and lectures, she is not pro-Roe v. Wade. Great decision for our country. So you're running as a pro-life Republican. Most pro-life Republicans would like to see Roe v. Wade overturned and abortion banned. Uh, many of them would. What Perhaps do you think? most of them would. I am telling you, I don't want to do anything to influence anything right now. I don't want to go out tomorrow and say, oh, he's trying to give her a signal. Because I didn't speak to her about it. I've done the right thing in so doing. 
uh, how she's going to rule, you're going to find out perhaps, or you might not find out. I mean, it may never get there. It may never get there. We'll Perfect see what dodge. happens. All right. We have another question. Perfect this is dodge. Cindy Velez. She is undecided. She says she's leaning to Biden, and she did vote for Clinton in 2016. She's registered as a Democrat. Hi, Cindy. What's your question? Good evening, Savannah. Good, Good evening, you. Mr. President. Thank you very much. As the mother of a young male of color, I have reason to respect authority, not only because it's the right thing to do, but also out of fear that he may face profiling or be considered a criminal. As an educator, I've also had similar conversations with my high school students. Mr. President, what will you and your administration do to better prepare our law enforcement officers to work in collaboration with the communities that they serve and also to protect the lives of innocent black and Latinos from police brutality and injustice? Right. I fully understand the question. And uh, I saw everything that you saw over the summer, and it was a terrible thing, a terrible thing to watch. Uh, we uh, were very strongly. We have a, a senator named Tim Scott from South Carolina. He came up with a bill that should have been approved. It was great. It was a bill that was strong in terms of law enforcement and strong in terms of enforcing the proper thing and doing the proper thing by law enforcement. And the Democrats just wouldn't go for it. They wouldn't go for it at all. And I don't know why, because it was a really great bill. But I do have to say this. What was in the bill? And some people don't like it when I say it, but a lot of people agree. I have I done more for order. the African-American community than any president, with the exception of Abraham Lincoln. Criminal justice reform, prison reform, historically black colleges and universities. I got them funded. They were on a year-to-year -year basis. He... I don't know what criminal justice reform he's he's admitting to. Um, there has been no big legislation on that. Um, one thing I would want to acknowledge here is that America has 25% of our population in prison. Obama attempted to move um, the federal government away from using private prisons. Trump reversed that as soon as he got into office and immediately used... Uh, that to imprison um, the refugees and the asylum seekers and immigrants. But that doesn't mean that also, too, our civilians who tend to be on the uh, darker persuasion of skin color um, end up in those same private prisons, which their need is recidivism and the need of bodies to continue to get funding, and which then turns into profit. It's literally a vacuum of tax dollars that is paid for and uh, maintained through the suffrage of taxpayers and civilians. So I don't know what criminal justice reform he's speaking of at all. They could have been put out of business as soon as our country had a little bad year. They would have said, I'm sorry, we're not going to fund you. I got them 10 year funding and financing and more than I even asked for. I became very friendly with a lot of the heads, but we've done more funding and finances as soon as our country had colleges and universities. I got them funded. They were on a year to year basis. They could have been put out of business as soon as our country had a little bad year. They would have said, I'm sorry, we're not going to fund you. I got them 10 year funding and financing and more than I even asked for. I became very friendly with a lot of the heads, but we've done more. And of course, opportunity zones. But criminal justice reform, everybody said it could it could not be done. President. I like how he just throws out the term opportunity zones when really that's it's it's uh, coded language for gentrification. It opens up at risk. Um, property, low income property, sells it to big investment at a very low price in order for them to um, restructure it for uh, luxury commodities and uh, places to hang out for uh, well-to-do people. Um, so I don't know what he means by opportunity zones, because if he also, if, if we can also recall is that he, um, what else did he say? that he saved the suburban neighborhoods, and that was by eliminating a President, uh, President Obama-era uh, 
was it an executive order? I think it was legislation, right? No, I think it was a it was an executive order. It was an Obama era bill that had tried to allow more inco low income housing in suburban areas, which is basically subsidized housing so lower income people can move into higher opportunity zones. Um, Trump knocked that down to keep poor people in low low income areas, which tend to have um, the least amount of opportunities, especially when they're trying to leave poverty. So, Obama and Biden never even tried to do it. They never even tried. I just told you how they did try. They tried to move low income housing, which unfortunately is also tied to a skin color. Your income. I, I can't remember what um, I don't like talking like this. I hate when we come to the whole racial thing. If you can see in the video, I'm brown. I'm an American mutt. Um, I hate this this so much, but low income is tied to the black community just because a lot of black people live below the poverty line or at it. And so by eliminating low income housing opportunities, you are also eliminating opportunities for low income families who tend to be disproportionately black or brown as I am. So um, I just want to acknowledge that because him saying that Obama and Biden didn't try is a little bit of a lie, even though they didn't, I, in my personal opinion, I don't think they tried enough. Um, Trump reversed course on a lot of things that they did try on but i say that and i say it often i'll say it loud and i'm very proud of it and i have a great relationship because of what i've done with the african-american community i'm very proud of it let's go to our Thank next you. question we have paulette dale she leans slightly to biden she voted for clinton in 2016 she's registered as a republican paulette what's your question thank you good evening mr president thank you, thank you very much i have to say you have a great smile thank you okay. thank you so he does. You're so handsome when you smile. As the daughter of immigrants to the United States who fled Eastern Europe due to religious persecution, right. uh, the United States immigration policies are very personal for me. Right. Surveys show that most Americans and the majority of Republicans support the Dreamers program. So my question for you, Mr. President, is if you are elected to a second term, do you expect to pursue your previous efforts to cut the DACA program? Yeah. Why or why not? And the DACA, DACA is somewhat different than Dreamers. You understand that and you understand it better than anybody probably in this room. Where do you come from, by the way, originally? Where? My grandparents were from Russia and Poland. That's very good. OK, so we are going to take care of DACA. We're going to take care of Dreamer. We, it's working right now. We're negotiating different aspects of immigration and immigration law. So by taking care, is he answering her question by saying, yes, we are going to continue on the course that we have been doing so far, which is demonizing and cutting funds and trying to kick them out? <laughs> we built now over 400 miles of border wall, southern border, Mexico. Yep. So that's the thing is that like um, Trump ran on this and then in 2019 was his like ultimate anti-immigration year. And so all of everything that happened in 2020 has made it hard to remember that. But um, yeah, Trump is the anti-refugee, anti-immigrant president and will continue to do so as his uh, career goes on because he's more focused on the wall and making sure that ICE has shit to do alongside uh, funding those private prisons or I mean <clears throat> concentration camps at the border which are also infected with COVID-19 and sterilizing women so 
Mexico is working very closely with us. We have the strongest border we've ever had. We He's not answering anything about drama and do uh, dreamer, dreamers or DACA. He said we're going to take care of them, which, you know, I'm just going to assume that take care of them is in the same way that he says, like, take care of them. You know, that's mob talk. But so far, he's going back on his same old rhetoric of anti-immigrant uh, rhetoric. We want people to come into our country. They have to come in legally. But we are working very hard on the DACA program. And you will be, I think, very happy over the course of the next year. Thank you. Because I feel the same way as you do about it. Thank you, Mr. Thank President. Thank you. Thank you very Mr. much. Mr. President, in point of fact, the DACA program, there are, under your administration, no new applicants are allowed. And in fact, the DACA recipients now have to renew every year as yep. opposed to every two years. So in fact, the DACA program has been well, curtailed by your administration. Well, what happened is because of the pandemic, much changed on the immigration front. No. Uh, Mexico is heavily infected, as you know, and we've made it very, very difficult to come in because of the pandemic and other reasons. They made it more difficult before the pandemic. Crime. But we have a very strong border right now, and we have to keep it that way. And then he did it again. He, he equated the immigrants and the refugees to criminals. He just said at the end of that crime. Crime has a lot to do with it. COVID-19 and crime. So he's still keeping up the Mexican or rapist argument. But we want people to come into our country, but they have to come in through a merit system and they have to come in legally. And people are very, very happy with it. You have it. The merit system's fucked up because in order for you to come into our country, you have to provide um, economic value. You have to be able to contribute to the GDP. They don't give a fuck if you can commit to taxes. Trump doesn't care about taxes unless it's going to you know, actually hurt the military, which it never does. That's where all the money goes. Um, but he wants people who can contribute to the GDP, the economy, and uh, the private sector. That's the merit-based system that they're looking at. Maybe even some scientists that can figure out how to gas all the refugees. I don't know. That's me conspiracying again, but, like, fuck it, dude. It's just when we get to this section of, like, um, colored people and immigrants, it gets extremely dark. And he has to be very careful with his dog whistles here because he's on CNBC, not Fox News. This isn't a rally. I haven't heard any complaints about that. But what happened is because of the pandemic, we have to be extra cautious. You have been promising this immigration bill since, well, at least July when you told my colleague on well, Telemundo no, it was coming, but nothing's come yet. It's very happy that the fact is we got rid of catch and release, which is a disaster. You know, you catch somebody. They could be a murderer. They could be a rapist. And we're supposed to release them into our country. These are the laws. He did it again. Because if they were actual criminals, you wouldn't just release them. They would be held under criminal charges. If they were pending on their immigration status, um, it's not fair to hold them in a detention center if they are not criminals. So you release them so that they can either begin finding work or they can begin setting up for their court cases or they can start meeting with their family. There's a lot to it, but of course we're just conflating them with rapists because all immigrants are that. That I inherited. We ended that program. Now, I think you're going to see something very, very good. The, the whole immigration, if you look at what's going on, people used to pour into our country, and especially during the pandemic. I think you'll be, I think even you, Savannah, will be very impressed. Sir, with we have about 30 seconds sure. left. I think about people sitting out there tonight. There are some who love you. Some of them are sitting right around here, and some who will never vote for you. But there are people in the middle. There are people who aren't sure. That's right. There are people who want to know why they should give you a second. <laughs> There was a guy when she said there are people who aren't sure and he just put his fist up and he's like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but that's just like because Americans don't understand political science. They don't understand civics. We don't understand our Constitution. If we were much more informed, you would see the actual threat to the Democratic Republic that Trump is. A chance and how you might improve in a second term. 
30 seconds, what would you say to them? Because they've done a great job. We had the strongest economy in the world. We closed it up. We are coming around the corner. The vaccines are coming out soon. And our economy is strong. We are at a level with jobs like we've never been before. We've rebuilt our military. We've rebuilt our borders. We had no borders. We had... And here's the thing, too, is he said that we shut it down. Um, he shut down travel. Um, and that was commercial travel. Like, for the most part, we still had to keep moving certain goods. Um, but he didn't do any governmental shutdowns. That was all state and local governments that decided to do that. So there were states that never shut down. No, nothing. We've rebuilt so much. We've given you the greatest tax cut in the history of our country, greatest regulation cut, equally as important. And we created... Um, middle and low income taxes did not go down or up during Trump's presidency. Um, the corporate did, so that has to tell me who he's speaking to there. Um, it's a promise. See here, real quick. Market Watch is a pretty good one. Americans paid almost $64 billion less in federal income taxes during the first year under the Republican tax overhaul signed into law in late 2017. Um, yeah, but that's an average overall of like, yeah. So, uh, with some of the sharpest drops clustered among taxpayers earning between $25,000 and $100,000 a year even as the overall number of refunds dropped during a turbulent tax season. So if the refunds dropped, that's that, yeah, that is because the amount of taxes that you paid also went down. That's according to the data were released Monday, providing the first substantial look at the effects out of a tax law that reduced rates for five of the seven income tax brackets and also reduced the corporate income tax rate. The 2017 law expanded certain credits and deductions while capping others, including a $10,000 state local tax deduction limit, which critics said singled out residents of left-leaning states that happened to have higher local taxes. Nice. All right, so I guess overall there was a bit of decrease. The double-digit percentage decreases in average tax liability started with a 12.5% drop for people making $15,000 to $20,000 a year. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's why I ended up getting a smaller refund is because I ended up paying less. I'm in that tax bracket. Um, taxpayers making between $40,000 and $50,000 largest fall on average tax liability, 14.5% while high-end households making between the second largest decrease. Forty-four point three percent decrease. Tax liability. Almost eight hundred ninety thousand more returns show taxes owed under the first year. Some total of those tax bills, one hundred seventy billion dollars, was still one billion dollars smaller than in last year under the previous tax code. See, the IRS issued almost 2 million fewer refunds on a year-over-year -year basis, amounting to almost $360 million less in refunds. Hmm. The data, according to Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin, show the tax cuts were effective. Adjusted gross incomes were 5.7% higher in November 2019 statistics than a year earlier. 
He emphasized President Trump's pro-growth economic policies, including the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, are working to increase wages and lower the tax burden for hardworking Americans. Eh. It just ended up crippling our infrastructure. Because when you pay less in taxes, you have a weaker government, which is the intended goal of Republicans and Libertarians. So I guess there's positives for them. Um, I ended up paying still about like 20% in tax. Uh, when it comes to income tax and then I don't have many other assets that I have to pay tax on so my taxes actually remained about the same there's a lot of factors that kind of make it hard to quantify it with the blanket statement of you made this much this year and not necessarily like this is how much you have in assets it is new levels of jobs that nobody thought was possible and next year is going to be better than ever before I gotta leave it there I got a, a wrap from the, the control room Mr. President thank you for your time thank you for listening thank to the voters so questions that concludes our town hall we do want to thank the president again as well as our audience in hot Miami and all of you watching at home and a reminder Donald Trump and Joe Biden are scheduled to meet in person a week from tonight in Nashville a second and final presidential debate moderated by our own Kristen Welker have a good evening and thanks for being with us. <laughs> yeah, um, and it's not because uh, the 160 million jobs is not because of um, anything necessarily of his taxes or um, policy but uh, the 160 million currently employed is a record since the number of people working has risen with the population yep 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 all right well that was uh trump's town hall which of course was full of dodgy misdirections and a bit of interrupting and um just not knowing certain information so I hope that was informative to you because uh, we'll have to return here shortly to get a little bit of that Biden in you. Oh, yeah, that was creepy. Um, so, yeah, the up next is uh, Joe Biden's piece. Uh, for now, I'm just going to have to end this, the stream because it doesn't allow me to play my exit music. And so I will be back shortly with the stream after I get a bit of water and everything set up. So I will cut the stream out. And then I will play the podcast out with a little bit of Crumbling Castle. And then I will be right back with both for Biden's town hall. But from Trump, just a little, uh, you know, little piece here is that we we had a good a bit of, you know, Democrat blaming per usual, because for a fascist regime to succeed, it has to has it have an enemy. And normally it's an anti-communist, anti-socialist uh, platform. The thing that I think is actually what he is mostly running on is just that joe biden is running on well i'm not trump and trump is still running on well i'm not the democrats so i mean i don't really see much benefits coming out for the working class uh with a trump presidency because his policies have already focused in on like the top one percent and uh, he, he is in the proponent of trickle-down economics, but when you actually do the bit of research on trickle-down economics, that's not the outcome that we necessarily see. Um, and he, he still can't really come up with what he's going to replace Obamacare with. He still isn't able to acknowledge who QAnon is. There's a lot of issues with Trump's presidency of him just pretending not to know things that he probably should know. Um, and also not really giving us the information of what he's going to do other than make America great again. So um, 
he did not convince me to vote for him in this video. Um, and I don't think Joe Biden's really going to get me excited in his either, just because he is that conservative Democrat. But so far, having a extreme Republican moving us back into laissez-faire uh, capitalism where regulation is of a distant memory and capitalism basically runs damn near everything um, and democracy sits by the wayside, it, it is concerning on top of the fact that we are seeing the rise of right-wing militias and a bit of deterioration in civics. Um, so we're, we're just going to have to check. I'll probably do another video on the next debate, too, if that still happens. Um, but for now, um, let me know what you think. Hit me up at as a wave on Twitter, A-Z-A-W-A-V. That's Tox News with an American flag next to it. Um, you can also find me on all these uh, podcast streaming services, YouTube, Poor Dumb Rebel is the channel. I know I should probably figure out a way to sync all of my shit better, but it is what it is, baby. And uh, shouts out to Anchor for allowing me to create a podcast, um, you know, for free. I, yeah, fuck it. Um, and if you want to join me back for Biden, I will have that uploaded shortly after this one. Just know I love you very much. And uh, fascism now? How about fascism never? Mwahaha. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, all right, the stream is out, and so the King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard doth begin. We will be right back with more Talks News. Oh, right? <laughs> Let's try this one more time. We'll be right back with more Talks News next time with Biden.